Welcome to the Good Divorce Show. Not every divorce needs to end in disaster. It's time to see divorce in another perspective. Here to help with that is your host, Karen McNinney. Hello and welcome to the Good Divorce Show. I'm your host, Karen McNinney, and we are here to help guide families, couples, individuals through a divorce journey that feels less destructive with less debt. And today I have with me a couple that was really an inspiration in my journey, Jake and Jenny Fleming from Bozeman, Montana, joining us to talk about their $200 divorce. How the (laughs) heck did you do it? (laughs) The two of you dated on and off for about five years uh, in your early 20s, married for 12. You have since been divorced for about 11 years. Give us a little more insight into the background of where you shared your life as musicians and what it was going to take to untangle that. Oh, let's see. <laughs> we got together um, in the, what, it was 1996 in the, kind of in the fall. We uh, started doing some music together, uh, quickly fell in love and we were um, bound then for the next 16 years. Um, and, you know, had a couple of breaks in there with the relationship, but really it it all came together at at the beginning and, um, it was a fabulous journey, uh, full of music and friendship and family, extended family between the two of our families and, uh, a lot of friends and a lot of stage and locations and, uh, trips to other parts of the world, nice trip to Norway at one point. Um, and, and then eventually it, it came to a head. There was, there was so much going on between us that uh, we didn't, we didn't navigate it so well. And uh, we came to t- these terms of uh, having to um, separate the whole thing. And when I, found the paperwork when it was decided we would split up um i looked up okay how do we do this you know the paper's going um it's called a cessation of marriage so i i ran with that in my dissolution dissolution that's what it was it was the dissolution of marriage so i didn't even call it a divorce for a little while it's just like well that's nice you know it's a dissolution (laughs) of marriage all right, um, which was a nice way to frame it because of the context of divorce in, in society otherwise, you know. And for me, it was something that I feared all of my life because of my parents. And I was sure I was going to be the one who succeeded at the marriage. But um, so divorce was was kind of an, a, a word I, I avoided. Uh, so I, I found that invite, oh, a dissolution of marriage. This is nice. <laughs> I think that um, back to the question that Karen asked about our music, uh, we did meet in our early 20s and neither of us had really been, I mean, I guess we had had some professional music jobs, but really we grew up together. We learned how to navigate the music business. We learned how to make a CD and promote it and take it on tour. Um, and that was easily a a 15, 16 year journey together, but, but we were children at the same time. And, 
you know, we became adolescents in the music business together. And really in our community, our small Montana community, we, we became young adults. <laughs> and uh, along the way, started teaching our students how to employ this practical music knowledge in the way that we were taught. So I think that even though we didn't have children together, those kinds of um, bonds that, that we created between each other, with our bandmates, and with our community were, were quite strong. I, I wouldn't say equally as strong as kids. I don't know what that feels like. I don't have kids. <laughs> but they were quite strong. And I, I think when it came time for our divorce, I didn't anticipate how um, how much time we would spend unraveling those uh, bonds that we made as well. Yeah, and Jake, you had mentioned, you know, one of your fears as being an adult child of divorce was to not become a divorced person as well. And ironically, though, at the same time, you had some models, you actually had the visual illustrative stories of how divorce could be done differently. And Jenny, I want to start with you because you were the one coming into the Fleming family and what you saw and how that supported you and lifted you up as you were going through your own journey. And then we'll hear a little bit more about that uh, inside perspective that you had Jake as a child of divorce. Uh, Well, I come from a family. My parents are still together. Divorce isn't unheard of in my family, but it's pretty rare. Um, And so meeting Jake's family for the first time, I was absolutely blown away. In fact, I might have called you and said, I just met this, this guy's family for the first time, and I've never seen anything like it. I was there for Christmas. They all gather for Christmas at his dad's house. His dad is remarried. Um, and there are stepchildren. His, his wife has, uh, three kids. Uh, he had two kids, Jake and his brother and Jake's mother and stepfather were there at his dad's house. And there's a wife in between with two kids. And she was there with her two kids. And I was flabbergasted that these people could all be in the same room getting along. I think at one point, Jake's mother and father, who haven't been married for some time, were off together in the kitchen nook talking about who knows what. I just couldn't believe that this existed, that they could be so friendly and supportive and encouraging of each other. And I'm sure that much of their motivation were all these kids, you know, to make sure that the kids felt safe and seen. And I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think those kids went pretty freely between those three houses and felt equally as safe at all of them. Um, so yeah, I remember calling you and just being amazed at this thing that I'd never seen before. And while you don't go into a marriage thinking, Someday I'm going to have a really 
friendly, amicable divorce. <laughs> no one starts with no, that as no goal. But I cannot discount how powerful it was to see, you know, like you're saying, a, a, a different kind of divorce that life doesn't end with divorce. And what I think is maybe even more important, marriages are not failures just because you get divorced. And in fact, I think Jake and I would agree we had a pretty successful marriage. And then it was done. <laughs> and it was time to move on. Um, I think one of the harder things for us was knowing how successful our marriage was and that it was done. That was a hard thing to accept. I think that's probably why, you know, Jake was saying um, that one of the hardest decisions around getting divorced was whether or not to get divorced. It took us a long time to get there. But seeing that um, that end goal in his family, I, I think we both just knew that this wasn't going to be a divorce that was full of anger and, and vitriol just wasn't worth it. We wanted to skip to the, to the model that we had seen. That's not to say that Jake didn't have, you know, frustrations as a child of divorce, trying to see all of the parts and pieces of the family when we were there for Christmas. I, and he can tell you how frustrating it was to, be a child of child of divorce, but not having come from divorce, I, I thought it was a pretty amazing example. Mm. And Jake, what would you add to that perspective and sort of the end? You know, I always say it's never too late to have a good divorce, even the good ones are painful. Yeah, yeah. I w- I would hope <laughs> that everybody experiences some pain, you know, some heartbreak, because if they don't, then they didn't have the love in the first place. Um, And, you know, as this child, I think I was four or five when, when that happened with my parents and I didn't realize it. There was a lot that there was a lot about myself and my life, how I lived it, how I perceived relationships and, and really the, the, the world um, because of that split when I was so young. And these weren't things that I learned until, you know, we were going through our divorce and, and I looked into myself and talked to my parents about what was going on when I was, before I was born, what was going on, you know, when they were getting their divorce, you know, and how was this, what was my atmosphere? Because I wanted to understand it as an adult rather than this, the child that, that I was and, and the, the trauma that I'd been working with all of my life. And all I know is that I grew up, I, I think that I tried to become this the, the missing piece, my father that was gone now. And I was going to fill this gap with the solution, whatever that solution was. So over the rest of my life, 
just that split wasn't going to take place in my life. I was sure of that. However, I knew that it was possible. It was a huge fear. And I knew that if that happened, then it was not going to be worse than that moment. It's that that moment itself, it was going to be a good, it was going to be a good situation. And I was going to continue to be friends with, you know, with Jenny and, you know, and of course I wasn't thinking of this when I was 12, like if I get divorced after I got married, I'm like, yeah, you know, um, I would never do that. I would never get on the offensive here and, and have vitriol. Um, regardless of the circumstances. And then the circumstances got pretty sticky and I had an opportunity, you know, to, to bank that up, but never, never would I have. And I think that is to speak to the example that the examples that, that Jenny was describing that my family did it with grace. Um, and that's just who they were uh, in it. They, they had kids and my mom also had a lot of reasons to to put in the bank to not want to have anything to do with my dad. And he told me later, he's like, you know, that that was you guys. Um, you know, when I left, um, I remember making a decision. He said, I'm not glad that I did make this decision, but I remember when I made the when I left that I decided that if you guys didn't want to have anything to do with me, then that was going to be my lot. That's how it was going to be. So I didn't realize that I was a bit, I was abandoned. I never, I never thought of it like that, that he was, but he did, he, he took off and he was going to be okay with that, but I was not okay with that. So we wanted to see him and mom was good with that. They wanted to have this shared relationship. I think they had joint custody and, but I was always begging for more time with my dad. So always seeking the solution of togetherness, even when there's a part, you know, when, when we're not together, I think I had a hope back then that maybe they would come. I did have a hope. I remember that feeling that maybe they'll come back together. Maybe, it would, maybe it'll be back together, but over time that didn't happen. And, and the wounds healed um, or, you know, turned into scars. And I think all that plays into what then happened for, for Jenny and I, when it was time for us to have our divorces, I already knew what to do character wise and in my heart. And it was really just a matter of that. And so when she said to me, you know, I was ready to change and do whatever, you know, and this, this was the, the pivotal turning point for me where I finally let go and was able to to be okay with, with the divorce when she said, you know, I love you and you're awesome, but I don't like myself with you. And I was like, well, okay, <laughs> that's totally different. You know, this doesn't have, this isn't about me. This is, this is about you. And if what I can do to help you is to get out of the way, then this is what we got to do. And it was really easy from there. So she said it was real, as Jenny said, and we discussed that it was really hard to decide to do that. And especially for me, because I never thought that that's what's something that I would do. But when she was able to very clearly identify that 
and know that this marriage was no longer a good place for her, then it was easy to let go. And Okay, well, let's see what we got to do to, to do this. And, and then it was kind of like the same we always did, you know, let's do a project together. The project is the divorce now. So let's get into it. And we, and, and we did, you know, I showed her the paper. Okay. 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 And it was kind of felt like um, it, you know, that same kind of collaborative way that we're, we're, we're really good at. That's what we're, we're great collaborators and we were great collaborators in music. We were great collaborators in marriage and we were great collaborators in divorce and we still remain (laughs) good collaborators. You do still work together. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Jenny, highlight both both of you, just fill in the gaps for our listeners of what it was that you were unraveling as musicians, your assets, the how many albums you had recorded together, you shared a name, you shared an audience. Help us paint a picture of the that part of the before. Well, we're from um, a pretty small town, a a small mountain university town, the kind of town where you go down to Main Street and you cannot walk five feet without seeing someone you know, and you have to talk to them (laughs) because that's how you behave in a small town. So the audience that we built, this very loyal, supportive, encouraging audience that really came to every concert we ever gave um were were super invested in jake and i together as a couple part of i hate to even describe it like this but part of our shtick (laughs) on stage was the the banter of a married couple you know we'd tell these stories of how a song came to be and it would start with we had this you know knock down drag out fight over how to load the dishwasher and we didn't speak to each other for the rest of the day and jake wrote an apology song for it and we put it on our album and here it is (laughs) but you know and so those kinds of stories were what people identified with and could relate to and you know thus that's the that's the bond that we built with with our audience there were seven albums um there also was a bass player who was really integral to our success as as musicians in this town he's also from from bozeman um and our deep deep friendship with him feel our relationship with with the bass player is uh sibling like he he is family for for both of us um and so when we were um trying to parse out the assets part of it was you know who who takes the cds which by the way have my face on the front of all of them and my name it was called the jenny fleming trio um it's not as if jake could go play concerts and sell CDs with my face on it. That would be a little strange. Yeah. Only Um, the back of, only the back of my head. (laughs) 
made a made a CD cover and a cartoon image of me on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and then there was a recording studio that we had built together. There was a nonprofit organization that we had started together. Um, at, and there were these relationships that we had built with audience members and community members who really were on team Jake and Jenny. So when we split that up, um, God, we didn't, we didn't know how to, how to parse that, nor did we want to divide that up. We, we never wanted our friends to have to choose either him or me. We thought that that was ridiculous. And again, with the, with the, um, the models of divorce that we saw in his family, they didn't have to choose. They just all hung out together and not without heartache, but you know, they earned that right to, to all be in each other's presence for Christmas. Um, and one of the ways we, we um, decided to kind of make that announcement to our community was by having a divorce party. A divorce party. Well, listeners, as we head into our first break, you can simmer on that for a moment. Who has a celebration of marriage and a divorce party for their community? Jake and Jenny. Before you call the lawyer, call the good divorce coach. Give your family the gift of working with a certified divorce coach, a co-parenting specialist, and a mediator. Karen McNinney has the knowledge and skills to guide you through the full divorce journey, before, during, and after. It's one thing to get divorced. It's another to be divorced. The Good Divorce Coach will teach you and your partner how to be divorced with less drama, less destruction, and less debt. Visit thegooddivorcecoach.com to get in touch with Karen. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. Have a question for Karen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show with Karen. Welcome back to The Good Divorce Show. I'm Karen McNinney, your host, and I'm chatting today with Jake and Jenny Fleming, who indeed have had a good divorce and are here to help us see a path that is less destructive. And even with less debt, we always associate divorces having to be this massive multi-year undertaking and lawyers and get on enemy lines and you end up spending all your savings only to be left with despair and debt at the end. The two of you had a very different approach. Uh, Jake, you led the charge on paperwork. Tell us just a little bit about that and uh, how you were able to do this for $200. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you know, when we decided to get divorced, um, it, it, I was really intimidated by it because of, you know, what you just mentioned with the lawyers and the dragon. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know what it would be. So I just went online and, you know, you know, filing for divorce in Montana. And there was a PDF to download. I thought, well, that's nice. And um, so I downloaded it. 
and started looking at it. And there was definitely a lot there. And I, I tell people now, um, it's so much easier to get into a marriage on paper than to get out of a marriage. On, Isn't on that paper. the truth? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, you know, they want to know everything. And, and you know, as much of a nuisance as I thought it was and still have the feelings about, it's a good exercise. It's a really good exercise to go back through your years together and identify Remember what what you brought to the table, um, what they brought to the table, and what you gathered together. Um, it's a nice way to to reflect on your marriage. Although you know when you're in that state of mind, it's it's not as easy. But thinking back on it now, I could see why um, it's required that that couples should go through this exercise. Not only just to divide the physical assets and the finances and all of that, but it, it, it helps to kind of clean all, clean all that up. It's a bit of a cleansing. So yeah, I did lead the charge with that, but really all that was, was um, downloading the form. And we, we both sat and filled it out. I still have some of the paperwork, like the, the thing I needed to hold on to for mortgage reasons and whatnot. Um, you know, it's got Jenny's handwriting on it. It's got some of my handwriting on it, <laughs> and uh, it was it really was quite easy. Uh, it's like uh, I don't know, maybe a little harder than going to the car dealership and filling out all that paperwork. <laughs> um, or you know, when we did the when we bought the the house, the condo, um, we had somebody else fill out most of that paperwork for us. We just signed a bunch of forms. Um, so it was somewhere in that zone of mortgage, car, divorce paperwork. <laughs> but it certainly wasn't years and years of stuff. It, it didn't take long and it didn't cost much. We just paid the filing fees. She didn't want anything from me. I didn't want anything from her except um, just happiness i guess you know whatever was going to be post just just what i don't know what it was all really natural for us. it's important to note also that we didn't have children we were self-employed musicians which meant we didn't own very much so there wasn't that much to split up and I just want to remind our listeners also, the two of you sitting here 11 years later seem very sentient, very grounded. It was the simple process, but I walked this journey with the two of you. <laughs> and even though there was a decision day to court date of five months, there was a solid three years prior to that. That was, in my recollection, horrible, painful disorienting, couples counseling, individual counseling. So remind people this is not bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. No. And I think that that was part of um, the image that we were willing to put out into the community was that, you know, we got this. We, we, we know what to do, but, uh, and I wouldn't say it was three years, I would say it was closer to five or six years that we really struggled behind closed doors. But the minute we stood on the stage, that went away uh, because 
that wasn't part of our our brand. It wasn't our the image that we wanted to put out there. A fighting married <laughs> couple on stage is not very saleable. So um, it it was a solid five years in my mind that things started unraveling, and that's a very uh, isolating feeling when out in the world in your small town community people think that you are you know this really strong healthy couple we even had like young young people younger musicians than us say to us your marriage is what we want and we would think oh my god careful what you wish for <laughs> but only behind closed doors so yeah and jake keeps saying once we made the decision, then, you know, we, we kind of knew what to do. But getting to that decision was long and tedious and arduous and really painful and heartbreaking. And Jake says that the, the hardest thing about getting divorced was deciding to get divorced. And it, it truly was. And I um, have noticed that sometimes uh, we just stay too long. You know, there's love in these relationships. And so there's this dichotomy of thinking we have to blow everything up and destroy the love in order to justify the leaving. And that's something that the two of you really approached differently, which is to leave while there's still love. Well, you know, that was one thing that our therapist had said to us, and I'm so glad she did. I've never forgotten it. She said, once you enter into a a sacred relationship like a marriage or you know something that you really have have put in the most important spot in your life um just because you decide to get divorced doesn't mean that the love goes anywhere and that was part of the struggle for us we we uh, i mean to be totally honest i will always love jake that my my whole life through there will be part of me that absolutely loves him. I don't think that getting married was a mistake by any means. Like I said, I think our marriage was really successful. And then the time came for it to be done. But um, that she said that to us sort of gave me permission to hold both of those, hold that contradiction that, yeah, we need to get divorced. That this is not healthy for either of us anymore. Neither of us are happy. And I love you. And that is a paradigm that is radical. And I think such an important message for our listeners and for individuals to recognize that it isn't an exclusive. And now we're getting divorced. So you will be my enemy and I will avoid (laughs) you in the grocery store. That does not have to be the story. No, I, I really would attribute that to the genius of our therapist. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Jake, you talk about the relationship with the parents and the students, you know, this community again, that you and Jenny, as she said, people were really looking up to you to have such a public facing relationship and such a public facing career. Uh, talk a little bit about that challenge of just talking about the divorce or feeling like you were letting people down and the pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, a lot of that was, it, of course, 
my whole experience is perceived from from within and then anything that i'm thinking other people might think may or may not be true right good <laughs> so point it, yeah so it goes back to um it goes all the way back to the stuff i was mentioning earlier you know about my growing and maturing perception from from childhood and not wanting to fail and and part of that is personal and part of that is professional you know because we were so intertwined um and meshed our, might be the yeah, word you're looking for meshed <laughs> it was all in there uh together and we couldn't we couldn't separate i couldn't separate a personal from a professional music from a marriage um and and that was all one thing so when it started to 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 fall apart when we started having troubles um and that 3 years was was very painful there was just, there was an event that marked this 3 year journey of starting with just the deepest ambiguity you can imagine about well, what are we going to do what do i want to do what does she want to do that going on for a while and then having to make a decision and it really felt like um i just have to decide something one way or another and i i couldn't decide and she couldn't decide and it wasn't something she could help me decide and i couldn't help her decide so it was an impossible situation it was very difficult and that was very painful and it and we decided to stay together and then it it got good for a little while and then it just tanked again so those were those 3 years and during that time we we kept all of it on you know on the down low so when i talked about or you know when i was talking about the difficulty with the public and the parents of the students that started in that 3 year period of marriage explosion to um up until the divorce had no problem announcing you know that this was going to come to a close now that the marriage was going to end and there was going to be a divorce it was the part before when we had an explosion and i needed to retreat to mexico for a month i couldn't bring myself to to calling my students parents myself and communicating to them because i knew i was just going to lose it on the phone and i i would not be able to speak through my pain and that was my reality and i knew that and so we got somebody to help us out with that and to do our communicating for us and it it was off putting for some of them for some of the parents who were like well we're your friends and your clients um you should have let us know don't really like how you handled that and i was like sorry <laughs> that's how i had to handle it i you know i was the best we could do at the time yeah you know you know and so yes i did end up letting a couple of people down um but at the time i took care of myself and i'm glad that i did you know because i wasn't married to them i wasn't in business necessarily with them they were my client you're always going to lose a few clients that's okay um so yeah it was difficult and um this this show is about how to remain positive of it through the whole experience and not 
I would say not so much about solutions or here's how you do it, but because those situations are impossible, you don't know how to do it. And I remember somebody telling me back then um, during that, and it was actually down in Mexico. We, we met up with some friends down there, coincidentally, and we were talking about this and they had been divorced and, and he was down there. He had brought his ex-wife and the child they shared together down to Mexico. And we ran into each other on the beach. <laughs> it was very serendipitous. And, mm -hmm. and we started talking and my head was spinning. Like, what does this mean? Is the whole marriage going to change? Do I, am I going to start to have to wrap my head around new ways, new relationships, new ways of being in the relation, in the marriage? I, I had no idea, but I, but what he said was, you know, there's all kinds of ways that it can be and was speaking to that love that's always there that was being discussed here earlier. Um, it's just, it's a relationship and it can take a lot of shapes and it could take a lot of forms. And and those shapes and forms are decided by the two people in the relationship. I think that's the other piece. Like we're so, we're so swayed by what, other people think a marriage should look like or uh, or any kind of relationship or what a divorce should look like right yeah. and how it right. should be handled and communicated and i i really think that is so accurate um in reminding people to not allow their divorce to be you know hijacked mm. by family members friends their community lawyers it's a story that those two people are writing and you can decide how you want to write that story. Yeah. Tell me about the day you went to court. Can the two of you <laughs> share that story together? Yeah. Well, it, you know, the night before we went to court, we had a divorce party. Maybe we should start there. That was even before. Yes. Oh, yeah. Who has a divorce party and what was the Genesis idea of, of why you did this? And then what did it, what did it look like? <laughs> well, Jake was saying how, how difficult it was to tell our students that we were, we were going to Mexico, we were having problems, and we needed some time away to, to really put everything on the table. Oh, that was a really hard thing to say to, especially people that you, kids who you know are looking up to you. Um, well, we felt similarly about our community. There were audience members who, you know, were so in support of us as a couple. Um, and we just imagined like <laughs> going out into, going to the grocery store and running into five people and having to have five separate conversations about, yes, we are getting divorced and no, we're not angry with each other. We're, we feel like our marriage was a success and this is the next chapter. Like, Having to have that conversation over and over and over just sounded like a living hell. So we decided to have this party at a local restaurant, a bar. <laughs> Let there be drinking. Oh, yeah. And put a, we put an invitation out on Facebook. And, uh, you know, we tried to really word the invitation like, our marriage is coming to an end, but the next chapter is beginning and we'd love for you to come down and, and talk to us and celebrate the next chapter that's coming. 
because we were willing to have that conversation 200 times in one night. We just weren't willing to have it 200 times for the next 200 nights. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and that's I- kind of what happened. I, actually, I think like 300 people showed up. I remember um, one of the owners of the bar being a little panicked that there were I think people came though, mostly to just witness the carnage or what they thought was going to be the carnage. And I mean, it was so goofy. Jake and I ended up wearing the same outfit totally on accident. No. Yes. (laughs) Uh, You know, and for those people who are finding themselves with a few more, a little more expense than we had with just some filing fees, maybe do throw a divorce party and charge a cover. <laughs> Raise some funds. You know, like you're gonna need it. <laughs> uh yeah. And you know, and like Jenny was saying, just to have them all in the same place. And she said to 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 have the conversation 200 times in one night. But my hope was that I wouldn't have to have it really at all. That the party was the conversation, the 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 energy, yeah. the vibe. She's there, I'm there, we can hug each other. Our families were there. And they'll understand. You know, our friends yeah. were there. Our bandmates Families. were there. Yeah. yeah that does set a certain tone. Um, I, and there was drinking. And that was really poor planning on our part. Because the next morning, we had to be in court at 8 o'clock or some uh, for a musician that's an ungodly early. <laughs> right. <laughs> you had a morning date with a judge. Oh, God. I think I went to bed at 4. We showed up at the court. Yeah. Tell us wanna... the rest of that morning before we head into our next break. Oh, that was that, that was fun. We went in there and we we sat together and it was just kind of, you know, uh, one of those um, hearings that there are multiple things going on. There's a it was, DUI a fa- it was and, family. No, it was family court. So there were all family court. like um, custody hearings and right. Just parents in absolute distress and lots of people crying and just looking so angry. And here we were <laughs> hungover from your divorce uh, party, totally, totally hanging like, out together, sitting together, huh. like probably telling jokes. And um, we were last on the docket. So we had to sit yeah. through all of this super sad, depressing stuff before we got to our <laughs> divorce hearing. Yeah. We didn't know we were last. We kept waiting no. for our name to be called and yeah. and we're just waiting and waiting and everyone's receiving their their fines and their sentences and we're just waiting, you know, the the their the decisions, which was really interesting to watch. But it also felt felt kind of nice that, you know, we weren't we weren't busted up, you know, like they were. We're like, hey, you know, we seem to be in yeah. pretty good shape. Yeah. <laughs> As as we sit and and uh, with others who are who are going through something a little more difficult than we were that day, and so, yeah, we were we were last. And then, so Jake uh, got called up. You had to go to the stand, and well, she sit, asked us, "Sit she behind said, the oh, who wants to do this?" And so yeah, she's like, "I need off. one of you to take the stand. Do you yeah. do you want to?" And I looked at Jenny, and she's like, "You go." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." That sounds right. I'll go. <laughs> so, you know, she went through her, whatever, the, all the questions that you have to ask. Are you both in agreement? Blah, blah, blah. And then at the very end, 
she says, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Fleming, will you please approach the bench? And I, I thought, the only reason I know what that means is because of TV. I've seen it on TV. <laughs> Approach the bench. I know. So we go, we walk up there right in front of her and she pushed the microphone aside so that it wouldn't record her. You know, all of this gets recorded, I don't know, for public record or something. And she pushes the mic aside and she says to us, I've been a fan of your music for, for 10 years. I really love what you do. And it's not often that I get to preside over such an amicable divorce. And I hope that this means that you guys will continue to make music together. And for the judge to go out of her way and say that to a a couple who just got divorced, I think was pretty, we smiled. We were appreciative for those words. It it was a huge affirmation. Yeah. So after, Um, oh. Yes. Afterwards. After the, hearing we went out to breakfast with a couple of friends and a bottle of champagne and we we knew the waiter pretty well again small town and we said hey can can you pop this bottle of champagne for us and he says oh what's the what's the (laughs) special occasion (laughs) and jake and i said we just got divorced and the look on his face but pretty like a second later he says that's great and he poured a glass for himself and we all toasted at the table and it was the weirdest most bizarre breakfast scene (laughs) and yet maybe that's what we need to be normalizing is that the love and the relationship can transcend the marriage ended but the relationship didn't. And certainly the music relationship didn't. And when we come back from our break, we're going to hear about Jake and Jenny's journey over the last 11 years as their families have continued to stand side by side, how they've continued to be collaborators musically and share the stage of not only their life, but also their music. Stay tuned. We'll be back. Before you call the lawyer, call the Good Divorce Coach. Give your family the gift of working with a certified divorce coach, a co-parenting specialist, and a mediator. Karen McNinney has the knowledge and skills to guide you through the full divorce journey, before, during, and after. It's one thing to get divorced, it's another to be divorced. The Good Divorce Coach will teach you and your partner how to be divorced with less drama, less destruction, and less debt. Visit thegooddivorcecoach.com to get in touch with Karen. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. Have a question for Karen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show with Karen. Welcome back to The Good Divorce Show. I'm your host, Karen, talking with Jake and Jenny today. Married 12 years, have since been divorced 11 and they 
had a very active business relationship together, uh, musicians, label. And one of your stories you just shared before the break was the judge taking you aside at the bench and saying, I hope that you will find a way to keep <laughs> making music. And indeed, you have both continued to make music together and separately. Tell us a bit about how that moved forward, Jenny. Um, it, we had worked so closely for so many years doing seven albums together and um, touring the country with the trio and, and some other ensembles as well. And when we got divorced, I knew that there had to be some kind of separation. That group that we started together, I think it just, at that time, at that very emotional time of just having split up, it would have been, I think, too much for me to try and navigate um, that group together. So we took a break on that one, Um, but we continued to play in other bands together. There was a couple of cover bands that we were part of that Jake is still part of. Um, and that was fine because there, there was no sort of emotional investment, if you will, in a cover band. Well, and then there is a twist in the story. As you continue to make music, your lives move on and you also start building new relationships And one of those relationships that came into your new paradigm was another musician, Jenny, you fall in love. (laughs) Well, okay. Let's just tell this in in order. Uh, Jake and I did say when we got divorced, we're like, okay, we know there's going to be a time when when both of us are going to move on. And we were playing together still in some bands and seeing each other quite often and so we we made an agreement that we would come to the other when when the time was right. Not like I have a date tonight, but we don't need to know that about each other. But I've taken this relationship to the next level and you need to know. And Jake was the first that he came to me and said, um, you know, I'm ready to move forward with this relationship. And I think what was interesting, I I, I might have even said this to you, Karen, but I do remember talking to a girlfriend saying, you never know how you're going to feel when that comes up, when your, your, your ex-husband says, I've fallen in love with someone else. You very well could be overcome with jealousy or sadness or, you know, like, I don't know, a million horrible. Oh, it's so complicated. And you don't know, it's not like I want this person back. I want that marriage back, but there's another layer of grief that sort of gets peeled away that, oh, they are moving on. And there may be a a more of a happiness somewhere else than what we were able to have. And that is a grief. For sure. But I I think that I was so relieved when, when he came to me and said that he had found someone, my overwhelming response was that I was happy for him. And I think I also knew that he wouldn't have told me that if it wasn't someone that he he was super serious with. And this is the woman he ended up having um, his daughter with. I also, as long as I've known Jake, he has wanted to have kids. And 
to be totally transparent, this was an annual fight that we would have that I never wanted children. And he always wanted children. And the fight got bigger and bigger every year. And I just, I, I, I knew that I couldn't, I couldn't go there. And I had the uterus. So <laughs> the buck stopped with me. <laughs> and so when he told me, in fact, I think we were, we, we ended up driving together to a gig out of town. And that's when he told me that, that they were pregnant. And I just, I think that's when you know that you actually do love someone. All I could feel for him was happiness because I knew it was something that he wanted, had wanted his whole life and I, and I couldn't give it to him. Uh, So yes, then it was my turn to come to him and say, okay, I've, I found someone now that I really uh, am clicking with and you know him. Jake immediately started guessing who it was. <laughs> Is it la la la? Is it da da da? Did like, I guess nope. or did you? You, nope. you told me. And no, when I, I really, to- when I told, told you, you were super surprised. Yeah, I did not see it coming. Um, he was somebody we were working with. He was playing um, in a band with us. I'd known him for a long time. It's uh, her, you know, her partner now, Johnny, and uh, um. I had my own friendship with him and, and he didn't tell me (laughs) and she didn't tell me and they'd been doing that. And it was, but it felt really cool. It felt, I was like, all right. But to find out it was somebody who was already in my circle of friends, somebody whose heart I felt like I already knew and somebody who I knew was going to be, devoted you know to jenny and looking out for her heart and um and loving her that was a a huge relief you know because it could have been anybody in the world but to find out that it was somebody who was grounded in goodness and in music (laughs) as well um and you know a bass player a real backbone uh, (laughs) that made me um it made me very happy and what i really hear both of you you know, celebrating for each other is that you found that next chapter. Like you said, our marriage, we learned so many skills in our marriage together. We grew as young adults into adults and professionals, and then it was complete. And and then there is a next chapter. And for you, it was fatherhood. And Jenny, you have a relationship, uh, Jake's partner, Crystal, and wife, Betty, uh, tell me where Betty sits in your life. Oh, I just, you know, when Jake told me he was pregnant, I just, ugh, I just could imagine how fulfilling that must have been for him. And I loved that kid before she was born. And then she was born and she looks just like him. <laughs> All of the baby pictures that I'd ever seen of Jake, that was Betty. And, um, you know, I, I know that I'm never going to have kids. And I feel uh, I have some students that I, I spend time with for years on end, and I end up feeling kind of maternal towards them or protective. And that was how I felt about Betty, the minute 
I met her. I just, I felt like her aunt. And again, with the model of good divorce from Jake's family, I knew that I could play that part in her life. I don't doubt that she will always be in my life in in some way. Uh, That's really extraordinary. As we head towards the end of our time today, I want to ask both of you what you know now that you wish you had known before through this process and any advice that you would give to our listeners to really be thoughtful about as they pursue their own good divorce journey. Um, It just occurred to me, I was thinking about this question and wondering what I could possibly say, but it just occurred to me that what I wish I could have sat, had faith in is that I'm in, inside of me and, and through all of it, um, my life, the marriage, the divorce, starting the divorce, that I'm, I'm Jake, you know, I, I am who I am. And the same thing that caused me to fall in love, the same being, the same heart um, that caused me to fall in love with Jenny and get into the relationship and make great music with her. That's the same thing, the same essence, the same being that I can rely on to get me through the divorce um, and to, to have faith in that because you lose yourself. I, I think everybody <laughs> loses themselves and they have to get to know themselves again um, somewhere post. And, and now after 11 years, I realized that that is dead on and true and that I did lose myself. I'd lost track of who I was, and that was part of what didn't work in the marriage. And then I slowly gained that back. And by being a father and resetting my life, and now I'm launching into the next phase of my career. And it's just, it's wonderful. And I wish that I could have had this same sense of, hey, you know, trust your heart. You know, so funny is that I'm listening to Jake talk about it. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this is so similar to what I would have said and what I would have said to myself 11 years ago was that you, you can do this. <laughs> One of the best pieces of advice that Jake and I were ever given was by his dad when we were just engaged. He said, you need to promise each other to find new ways to love each other. And when you're in your 20s, you think it's like, oh, you know, keep a date night and keep it interesting. And now that we're <laughs> divorced 11 years, this is the new way that we have found to love each other. Sometimes you need distance, enough distance between each other. This is the amount of distance that we needed to continue to love each other in a new way. So yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And um, if you're going to fight for something, fight for simplicity. You know, make it easy. Don't don't try to make things hard, harder than they are. It's hard. Take it easy on yourself, and then maybe it'll be easier for the other person. I, I would assume anyone listening to this program wants it to be easy for themselves, at least. So start there, and uh, 
if the other person giving you a hard time, maybe they'll follow your lead. I think behavior is contagious. And yeah. two of you brought your best self to the effort of your divorce journey, your marriage, and now your post-divorce relationship. Jake and Jenny Fleming, truly a model of a good divorce journey. Thank you so much for sharing your heart, your story, your insights, and your music is still out there so people can <laughs> find you and celebrate uh, the musical gifts that you brought to each other. So grateful to all of our listeners today for tuning in. May you find your path to a good divorce. And remember, everything will be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Good Divorce Show. We hope today's episode has helped you find a kinder, more sensible, and less expensive path through the divorce journey. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.